I have a uh, personal connection to Father Stan, or Blessed Stan Rother. Uh, I didn't know him, but uh, uh, Father Greg Schaefer, who was a compatriot, a friend, uh, was a good friend of my grandparents and my parents, or my mom, I should say. And uh, I remember when he happened to be home when I was about five, uh, being able to go there and to hear the stories of Guatemala and, and how it seemed so distant and so unreal even at that age. And I got to see him around the time when Father Stan was was martyred uh, because both had been smuggled out of the country. Uh, Father Greg shared uh, with great detail about his own being smuggled out, how he was covered up with rugs and, and in the back seat, and how they were stopped. And luckily the police didn't dig any further into the pile of rugs um, and he got home. But Father Stan, when he got home, he was home for a few weeks and then he, I need to go back. I need to be with my people. A shepherd does not run at the first sign of danger. And so he went back and they moved him around from room to room, from house to house, to try to protect him from the, uh, the murder squads that were uh, roaming the, uh, the area. It was a very tense time. 10 priests altogether had been killed in, uh, in that year. And on the night of July 27th, he was uh, betrayed, basically. Somebody found out where he was and they contacted the people and shortly after midnight, they came in and they shot him. And uh, uh, I've been privileged to go to San Lucas Toloman, the diocesan mission, twice, once as a, when I was a seminarian, as a non-chaperone and once as a chaperone. Both times, we were able to get to Santiago Atilan, which is where he was martyred, and they have a great love of him, yet they still talk about him and I forget the name they, they gave him in, in uh, their native language, but it, it was one of endearment. Uh, when he died, they, they requested that his whole body stay there and, and was his parents in the Diocese of Oklahoma, where he was from, um, I think Tulsa, don't quote me on that, uh, requested that he would be brought home, and so they kept his heart there and released the rest of the body. That's how close they understood his heart to be to them. Father Stan stands as a reminder to, at least to me and to, uh, hopefully to all priests, that we are called to give our lives. And, and most of us are not going to give it in a very literal way like he did. Um, and Father Greg himself did not die a martyr, but died uh, a natural death of cancer. Um, he died about six, seven years ago, something like that. Um, and yet, um, it ties very well into this gospel that we have today. Uh, the, the, the first image, the first par parable that Jesus gives, of course, is a treasure buried in the field. And I had to do, well, isn't it finders keepers? No, <laughs> the kingdom of God, uh, you know, aside from that. But in the, in the days of, of Jesus, if you found a treasure, it belonged to whoever, whoever owned the land. And so you would, if you were uh, going through and you kicked up a clod of dirt and all of a sudden found a treasure trove, you would buried again and go buy the land as much as you could because only then would you have legal rights to it. But you would sell, Jesus says, the, that treasure so valuable, you would sell everything for that. I re reminded a few years ago, there was a story of a, a man in England who did exactly that, was kicking, walking through the bog pit, kicked up a little clod of uh, the dirt and found a treasure trove of, of um, Anglo-Saxon, I think it was, gold. Uh, and right at the cusp of Christianity when, when that was starting to take over. And he got to keep that treasure, not. <laughs> it ended up in, an, in a museum, but he got a little finder's fee. 
uh, for it. But the, the image that, that catches me most is this image of the pearl. We, we know uh, what valuables are, uh, valuable gems are, you know, there's diamonds and emeralds and rubies and, and all those things. And then the thing with those is if you get one of, of uh, great price, it would be great price because it is clear and uh, it is spotless. Uh, it might be great price because it's large. If you buy, like, let's say a large diamond, what you can do is you can break that diamond up and you can make slightly smaller diamonds and they, they lose a little bit of that ultimate value, but not all that much because now they're in a setting. Now they're in a somewhat attractive form, but you can't do that with a pearl. If you crack the pearl, you've ruined it. You can't use half a pearl. Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is like a pearl, it's all or nothing. And we don't like sometimes, our culture certainly doesn't like that proposition. We like having one foot in one, uh, one arena, one foot in the other. We, we, uh, we have a lot, of, uh, a lot of our culture has um, FOMO, fear of missing out. We, we, we want to have hedge our bets. But Blessed Stan reminds us, or all the saints, all the martyrs remind us, it's all or nothing. We can't say, well, I want to purchase that pearl and turn around and want to not purchase that pearl, or want to destroy it. It's all or nothing. And so we come this day asking the Lord to help us to buy that kingdom with our full hearts, minds, and souls, that we would love him beyond all measure, that we would be able to do whatever it takes to possess the kingdom of God. And the, the good thing is, it's given to us. The hard thing is, we have to respond and accept it.